Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Nobody knew who the hell he was. Or in a Muslim-majority country. I know because I am one of them. How's that hokey-teasy stuff working out for you? He's now our president. He's our president. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. Taking back America, one listener at a time. This is the Bella D'Angelo Show. At least I kind of made it on time. I mean, nothing like, uh, what is it, baptism by fire? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Better late than never. You know, so before we get this started, I want to introduce Al, who, you know, it's funny how things happen for a reason, and you don't necessarily know, but back when we were in the quarantine lockdown, I saw a posting on Facebook about Chris Schiffler's bar and the restraining order against our our wonderful muzzy Attorney General Keith Ellison, and somehow guy. you were linked, yeah, you were linked in this conversation. So, um, oh, I know what it was. I think you were doing some type of fundraiser and I didn't know if Chris was your bar or, but anyway, so I contacted Chris. We had Chris on from Shady's telling his story about how the attorney general went after all five of his locations. He's alive and well and, and thriving back in business. You came on explaining your journey and trying to stay afloat. You've got an update for us as well. It looks like I'm crossing my fingers, toes, eyes, and everything else that you can get this rebounded and you can stay in business. But uh, so this this will put your mind at ease, Al, before we get going because, you know, it's, it's not everybody that can step up and be a co-host. But I literally found myself one day in the oil field and – those of you new listening to the show, yes, I worked in the oil field for five and a half years in Williston, North Dakota, one of the best damn places I've ever been. By the way, I need to give a shout out to some of my friends out there, to the cross-dressing handsome who wears bibs, uh, Hot Rod, and uh, why, do, why do they have these names? Well, Al, you know, because you worked out in the oil field, if you're walking into a drilling rig and you're talking to the company man, you're not sharing the company's man, man's name on air about politics or even some of the humor. I mean, you got to protect them. So you get that. Oh, yeah. You were out there. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's, that's very important. Exactly. So – you know, through all the years of doing this radio show, and try to get a visual, right? So back in the day of the oil field, you've got a boom going on, housing. You know, I wish I would have counted the number of housing situations that I lived in, the number of places I did the radio show. At one point, Al, I actually was doing the radio show from a wedding gown uh, storefront. (laughs) (laughs) That that's a new one for me. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of new things. And but but always, you know, I could I had co hosts at some point of time when um they would they would be available and give me time for say months or even upwards of a year. But one time I literally like I think I grabbed somebody just randomly off the street and then found myself telling them as they were kind of babbling to me that they really, you know, weren't uh, comfortable doing radio that that's okay I'll do all the talking I'll do all the talking we'll be fine we'll be fine so anyways you're going to be fine we're going to do a great job we've got a great show coming up tonight we have got Brandon Struck the founder of Walkaway and his amazing journey and story of what made him wake up he went from crying over Hillary's loss in 16 to a journey and a path as he says talking to other liberals about what they're seeing and why they're feeling it and dispelling the myth and telling and exposing 
the real crimes of the media and the Democratic Party. So we have got Brandon Strzok joining us, and then we have got Trisha, I'm going to slaughter her last name, Tenzik Hope. She wrote, uh, it's a three-part series called Just the Tweets, and this lovely woman uh, is self-published, and she is now a national, um, becoming a national name. She was interviewed on Sean Hannity. That's how she really got her break when she published every single tweet since Donald J. Trump was inaugurated. So we're going to have her on either at 745, depending on how much time Brandon gives us. So, Al, we were talking earlier about <laughs> so many different things that I've been sharing to for you to get to know me, the audience to get to know me. And one of the topics I wanted to just kind of highlight as we're um, getting ready for Brandon to join us here in about 10 minutes. So I shared a little bit, and I don't know any of you guys listening would be that shocked that I am the only, not only Trump fan, but only true conservative on both sides of my family. And how triggered, to what level do you think that these people have gotten triggered with me? <laughs> oh, I bet you you get about about an 11. Well, I'm guessing at least okay, an 11, so, maybe a 12. Well, so I want to share a little bit because there's so many of you that are nodding your heads and looking across at your spouse or counting, you know, how many arguments have you gotten into with just people on Facebook, random people on the street, or God forbid your own relatives. Well, mine runs so deep. I'm going to tell this quick story. So when I left in 09, I really had no intentions of ever coming back to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Bottom line I didn't fit in. I never felt like I fit in. And it was just something very bizarre. I just never acclimated to any group or large group of friends or and then and then of course, Al, the very last year that I was here, I was ranting so loud and so hard about Obama and you know, my neighbors were conservative. However, they bought into that hope and change crap. How many conservatives did you know back in the day that actually bought into it? Honestly, none. And, you know, I, I can really say none. And I was the only one in my family that was conservative, too. So we have that in common. Well, but you actually, you live in blue-collar rocks and cows territory. So I, I'm, I'm, that's why you have more common-sense people around you. You're, either I'm breaking up a little bit or you are, Al. I don't, do I sound like I'm breaking up at all? Nope, I don't hear it. Okay, there. We're, whatever you just did, that sounds much better. So so my last year here, and I can't get anybody to validate any of the things that I'm saying when I'm explaining about Obamacare and amnesty and all that's going to come forward and just completely destroy this country and that we're going to head for a massive collapse and, God forbid, if Hillary Clinton gets in. So... I get this crazy idea, and I find out about the boom in Williston and being the workaholic that I am. All I knew was that I wanted a job. That was all. I wanted a job, and I wanted a chance to start over. And so I packed up the few things that I had after I'd gotten divorced, and I lost everything, and I went out to the oil field. And I had no idea that I was going to meet the true good old boy's Club, which I didn't even know what it was, let alone find my true calling, my family, my country, my people, people that I understood. I could wear jeans, I could wear a Carhartt jacket, I could wear steel toe boots, and I could curse and I could scream all day long as I wanted to about Obama. Well, guess what, Al? This kind of started the um, the concern on both sides of the family is, you know, it's one thing I got divorced, but then all of a sudden I become this political activist, which, you know, like shocks and horrifies them. And then I'm the antichrist because I'm taking down their fearless new leader that they love, you know, Obama and the mooch. So uh, I didn't talk to them for about five, that five and a half years. And then I came back. And I started to reach out to the one side because I take care, I'm the sole caretaker of my little mama. 
and we're going to have to go see these people at Thanksgiving. So two of the cousins I reached out on on the one side, and I was telling you earlier, the one cousin, and if they wore the pink hats and they marched in D.C., do you know how far left progressive radical that person's mindset is? So five and a half years later, I'm here, and I'm trying to reconnect with these cousins, and the one last one month on my Facebook page, the other one lasted six months. Oh, live radio. <laughs> this is just crazy. Oh, well, we're waiting. Brandon Strug from Walk Away should be calling in here any second, and then we will rejoin with Al. And, you know, there's just nothing better than being a podcaster and um, learning the ropes. And, um, anyways, so I was finishing a story about um, these you know, liberal cousins and their inability to put their anger and frustration and like when you listen to Brandon talk about when Hillary won and he cried for a couple of days, but he didn't want to remain unhappy and sad and he wanted to figure out why he was unhappy and sad and he wanted to find out what was the real truth, and why did the media have it so wrong? I mean, leading up to the election, um, four, four points, he, Trump was down by four points, and then he had less than 1% chance to um, win this election, which, I mean, he won. We watched everybody crying and sobbing, and I am still waiting for Brandon Cullen. The Cullen number is 516 Nine one nine two. I wish I had a backup phone right now. Um, and I do. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Bella D'Angelo Show. Hi, Bella. This is Jason. Hey, Jason. I'm trying to reconnect. We're trying to get Brandon on the show right now from Walkaway, and there seems to be some te- technical difficulty. But you called in on the five one six number, right? I did, but I did get a busy signal several times, so I wasn't sure. No, he hasn't shown up on the screen yet. Can you have him? I'm really sorry. I don't know what the technical glitch is, but if you could have him call in again. Okay, thanks. I, I know uh, there is some technical difficulty. So what I was explaining, pri- what I was explaining prior to this again are these these liberal Democrats, much like Brandon before waking up. You know their anger and their frustration. Pretty interesting. Okay, let's see if we can keep trying. You got it. It'll come on. It seems like we're getting a lot more people that are coming over on our side, though, that are you know, we are ringing, so I'm going to hold off for two seconds here, guys. Hello? Brandon. Yes. This is Bella with the Bella D'Angelo Show. Hi, how are you? This is a huge honor and very excited. We're here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the most probably one of the more blue states in the whole U.S. I found out you're going to be here in October. I'm very excited. I hope I get to meet you. I was leading up to explaining that prior to you coming on the show, I am the only Trump supporter, only conservative on both sides of my family. And Trump derangement is so heavy on both sides of my family that I they don't even speak to me anymore. So I don't know if I could pay you to come to the Christmas table and and do your magic to get them to start to listen and start to wake up a little bit. But I just love your story. And I was explaining, you know, you I believe you were a little upset when Hillary lost. Uh, true. Yeah, I actually voted for Hillary in 2016. And, um, yeah, it's the whole conversion experience that I went through really basically – uh, began because I wanted to try to understand how it was that Trump got elected in the first place. Why did anyone vote for him and how did the media get it so wrong? And, um, and so I kind of went on a journey of research to understand those two things. And what I ultimately found out was that uh, it wasn't Trump that I needed to be afraid of. Um, it wasn't Trump that was my enemy. It was really the media that I was trusting that were really all of the things that I thought about Trump. And so, I mean, it's, it was kind of a long, you know, journey, but throughout 2017, I ended up reversing my position on just about everything I ever believed in. And I lost the vast majority of my friends and, and family members. And, um, so in 2018, I launched something that I called the walkaway campaign, encouraging other people who were 
sort of going through the same thing I was going through to tell their stories and make testimonials and, and come together in, um, you know, kind of a movement, a, a, a network of support. And so we created the walkway campaign. I absolutely love it. And you're, and you're now touring and doing rallies, saving America, waking people up, correct? Right. So we, um, you know, we had to shut down like everybody else. You know, we have big plans for this year, um, including a college campus tour and doing our town hall events around the country. We love to do events that are targeted toward minority communities that are typically voting Democrat, like the black community, the Hispanic community, the LGBT community. But we had to cancel um, all of our events when, when the, you know, everything got shut down. And then this very curious thing happened at the end of May when George Floyd was killed. And suddenly we started to see a, a, a double standard emerge. Well, there's always double standards, but a really interesting double standard where, you know, it, you could go out by the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and not wear masks and not socially distance and not follow stay-at-home orders if you were um, supporting a group called Black Lives Matter and uh, Antifa that were, you know, mixed in with them. And basically, if you were leaving your house to go burn buildings down and, and smash windows and loot stores and beat people up and kill people, um, the media didn't enable this kind of behavior and the Democrats enabled this kind of behavior. But, you know, you, the rest of us were told to stay at home and, you know, wear masks and socially distance and not go to work. And like most people, I think I sat there watching and wondering, is anybody going to do anything about this? Or do we just have to stay home and watch the radical left destroy our country? And then finally, I just decided, no, I'm, I, I don't think that we have to just stay at home and do this. And so we at Walkaway uh, launched what we're calling Rescue America Rallies. We're encouraging anybody who, does, who is not okay with the radical left destroying America's cities and streets and neighborhoods uh, to come out and fight for the heart and soul of America. So about a month ago, we launched the first one in Baltimore, and then we went to Sacramento, and then we went to Beverly Hills, California, and then we went to uh, Milwaukee, and this week we're headed to Philadelphia. And every single week between now and the election, we will be traveling all over the country to take America's streets back from the radical left. And these are not violent rallies. These are not – These are. it's not a brawl. It's not a rumble. It's. Uh, these are rallies uh, that are joyous, uplifting, and they are – uh, a very positive message, basically saying that we are going to stand and fight for America because America is worth it. God bless you, Brandon. I've got to ask this question because when you when you engage with some of the with these individuals, how do you begin the dialogue that gets them to listen? I watched some of your videos, and and we'll get to that next because truly, you know, this they find themselves they feel that they're the most educated. Um, you, you know, protesting argumenters that have absolutely no facts, no data. I love your discussion with them. But when you're engaging with someone that you can at least start to get them to listen, what are some of the things that you're saying to them to get them engaged with you to start listening to your story and understanding what, how you began your journey? Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, I, I, most people just want to feel like they are being listened to, that they're being acknowledged, that they're being cared about, and that their feelings matter. They want to be validated. And so when I meet somebody who I feel like I can actually – there's potential there to have a, a conversion experience or at the very least get them to open their mind a little bit and, and maybe move them even just an inch, maybe just a couple of inches um, – usually I like to start off by just sort of letting them feel like they're being heard. And then what I try to do with people oftentimes is establish mutual core values with them because the left, mm. anybody on the left uh, usually uh, makes the assumption that they are the morally superior person. They think that people on the right are greedy, self-interested, uh, uh, uncompassionate people. And so Basically, if you can get people to see that what you believe in stems from the same beliefs that the other person has, you know, I'll, when I talk to people, I say, look, 
I care just as much about black Americans as you do. I care just as much about Hispanic Americans as you do. I would actually argue that I care more about these communities than you do. And that's why I care about the policies that I care about. You know, if we're talking about uh, open borders or immigration laws, you know, I say to people, look, you probably assume that there's racial bias because I believe we should have a border wall or because I'm against illegal immigration. But do you understand that it is black Americans, low income black Americans and low income Hispanic Americans who are most disproportionately affected by illegal immigration and open borders? And now that you know that and now that you understand that by having strong borders and having a border wall, we can actually uh, lift up minority communities in this country. Like, do you understand? that what I believe in doesn't come from a place of racism or bigotry or anything like that. I'm just as compassionate as you are. We just believe different things. And I think if you can get people to understand that there's a lot of compassion and a lot of heart behind what conservatives believe in, it can go miles in getting people to be willing to open their own hearts and minds a little bit to change their mind. Absolutely. I couldn't agree any uh, you know, I talk with liberals all the time here in Minneapolis, and one of the things that people find with me, I'm non-combative and just come from the heart. But I'm curious now. I watched the video when you uh, were trying to engage with some of the Black Lives Matters and and Tifa, and you were giving facts, and they just don't want to hear the facts. Were you able to make ground with any of those that were like right in your face and screaming? Well, okay, so you're describing something different. Okay, so that's a great question. Um, the first thing I guess I would have to say is that it's, I guess maybe I've been having enough arguments with enough people now at this point that I can tell pretty early on who is a person that I can probably get a little movement from, possibly even get, get them to change sure. their mind, and who are the people that it's never going to happen today. They're, they're nowhere even close enough today to make that difference with. Uh, the video that you're describing was me arguing with a young white girl who is an activist for Black Lives Matter. She was absolutely demented and deranged, and there was a 0% chance that I was going to get this girl on that day in that moment to change her mind whatsoever. However, those moments make for great viral video content, because when you have somebody who's so vehemently almost indoctrinated into her cause, which is Black Lives Matter, that, you know, you could see her eyes are bugging out. She's in a rage. She's so angry. And then you start hitting her with information, like just actual statistics, actual facts. And mm -hmm. she doesn't know any of these statistics. And the statistics are making her more and more and more angry because they're, they're just showing that this thing that she believes in isn't real at all. It's not true at all. I mean, that makes for really great content to be able to put out on the Internet because it shows so clearly the, the, the complete difference between the one side that's very logically oriented and is all about trying to just, gen, just get factual information out and the other side that is just in an emotional state of rage uh, completely unfoundedly. But to answer your question, on that very same day, just um, 20 or 30 minutes later, I started speaking with a group of black people who were on the Black Lives Matter side who were more, they weren't there in a state of rage. They were passionate and they were, um, I, I think that they certainly had some bias that they came in with, but they were open to having a conversation. And by the end of that conversation, I, I was hugging all of them and they all went home with walkaway campaign pamphlets because they were interested in finding out more about what I had to say and what I'm offering. And those people, maybe not every single one will change their mind, but I promise you one or two of them will budge a little bit, you know, and it's, 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 we're taking steps, we're planting seeds, you know, I, I gave them seeds to go home with someone else will give them more seeds, someone else, and people will change their mind in time. And those, it's people like that, that we can reach. I That's love awesome. it. Now, I'm wondering, because of how far left and how radical that Biden is being pulled, I mean, by, by the policies and agendas that this administration would like to push forward between Biden and Kamala, they make Obama and Hillary almost moderate. Do you find the conversation to sway some of these people or get them to listen a little bit easier because how far left they have gone? Yes. 
Yeah, it's it's not it's much easier now to to make the points that you're trying to make about how fringe um, some of these policies and belief systems are on the left because it's not so ambiguous anymore. Uh, you know, I think that there was a even just two or three years ago. You know, when I first had my own you know conversion away from the left. Uh, there were a lot of things, a lot of reasons why that happened to me. And when I would try to articulate those to people, it's like, you know, they can put their head in the sand, bury their head in the sand to a certain degree, because, you know, there's obviously there's the, the media doesn't talk much about a lot of these things that we on the conservative side see the the censorship, the the double standards, like all of these different things that are so clear to us. But I think as they are becoming more and more fringe and they're embracing and really uh, glorifying a lot of these more fringe policies, it's much easier now to point at that and say, I, I mean, for God's sake, we're all, we all have Twitter, we all have Facebook, we all have seen these videos circulating of Black Lives Matter smashing windows and going in and hordes of people running inside and grabbing Louis Vuitton bags and wiping out a whole Target store, burning a Wendy's to the ground. I mean, what in God's name does this have to do with racial justice? Everyone knows it, that it, there's no connection between these actions and advancing um, civil rights or social justice for anybody. And so you, when you can point at this and say, look, this is what your party is about now. And, and you know, the CNN and the liberal media and these different politicians, Michelle Obama, for God's sake, going on uh, her speech last night for the DNC convention and saying, oh, these are peaceful protesters. We, are you kidding yeah. me? We all have eyes. I mean, we all saw the same videos. What are you doing? And so I think people are getting that it's, it's all a very disingenuous package of lies that we're being fed. And, and it's getting easier to show that to people. I think the Democratic Party obviously has not only never and cannot learn from their past, they still envision us as when, they, when we used to talk about the sheeple and the people not waking up. But, you know, I have said this for some time. I believe that a good majority of Americans that never thought about politics, worried about politics, uh, discussed it. But in the back of their mind, when Barack Hussein Obama entered office, if that's when the waking up of the people, and that's why the massive upset in 16, and I see, I don't know if it's going to be massive, massive, but I was listening earlier, and don't you think, Brandon, that the, there's still a lot of common sense Democrats that, you know, they're, they're not speaking outwards, but they're watching their party that they can't identify with any of the policies. And here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, when they watched our city burn for four days straight, the mayor called for the National Guard, and the governor joked about it that if they had shown up, they would be they would be 19-year-old fry cooks. And then they see on the front news of the paper that they want to dismantle the police department. Uh -uh. Now, that didn't go through, but there's going to be a lot of good common-sense Democrats that I believe will silently go in and support Trump in November. What do you think? Oh, for sure. I know that that's true because our the numbers in our group, Walkaway, have exploded. I mean, even just since uh, George Floyd's death, we saw a more than 40% increase in our membership just over this past summer, um, hundreds of thousands of people have joined Walkaway just since the summer and they make testimonials and they tell their stories and they are citing, you know, Black Lives Matter, the government shutdown, coronavirus, all of these things. Um, so I, I know for a fact that people are, uh, uh, an enormous amount of people are changing their mind because of the, what, what the Democrats have done. And, and, you know, there's so, there's such an arrogance, there's such a hubris from the Democrats that it's like they just, Did we lose them? Did we lose, did we lose them? Well, please don't call like back in. Right? You want to give them a What's try back? You want to give yeah, them a try I back? Yeah, I will try them back. All right. I, I, I've even I got a story I can tell in the meantime here, and I'll be quick while you're calling. So yesterday I was at the uh, Trump event here in Mankato, Minnesota, and I ran into a gentleman. 
we'll make the list. We'll finish that. I just, at least wanted to make sure that I was giving you some talk. Answer. Hello? There we go. Hey, we lost you. Uh, okay. You're back on the air. Thank you. We kind of went off. Uh, we were talking about how, how much easier it is to get people to pay attention and, and to listen and about what's going to happen in the vote in November with these common sense Democrats. And you were talking about the explosion of the walkaways. Yes. Um, and so I was saying that, um, that I, I, I can't sit here today and tell you for, with certainty that in 2020 we're going to see this massive exodus uh, in the minority communities. I would absolutely love it if we did see that. But I, I mean, you're, we're certainly going to see a, def, a difference. We're certainly going to see a dent. But I, I, what I would love more than anything is if there was such a demonstrable uh, market difference in the number of minorities who are voting Democrat that they're forced to just look at themselves and say, oh, my God, what did we do? You know, like, how did how, well, and it's, you know, what you did is that you took your base for granted and you took your base for granted and you supported outlandish policies that everybody hated. And you had just such an enormous hubris about it when you did it uh, that you didn't even see that you were alienated, alienating everybody around you. And that, you know, that is my wish, my hope that they they really are forced to look at that. No, I have a great story that I was supposed to bring up here today. You still have time before we do this, but it was mainly for Brandon, so I didn't mean to interrupt anybody here. <laughs> so I met no, with somebody at a Trump rally yesterday. If it's all right, I'll just tell it real quick. Um, sure. And his name is Mark, and he's, he's very involved in Minneapolis. And he says, my wife has six sisters, and they're all Democrats, nothing, nothing but that. And they're in their 60s. And they all want him to go meet up with them and explain to them what it's like to be on his side. And they all are walking away. But they're walking away in an amazing way because they all have a plan. Each one of them has to get three other people to walk away. I mean, they're not messing around. They literally are just like, yep, and if we do this, we're going to do it this way, and we're going to have three other people. And So they're going to do a large group in a large city of a walk away here this coming weekend. It's amazing. I love that. That's right? amazing. Yeah, that's it so is. good. Yeah, and I think he's on here probably listening right now. But, you know, he, of course, he's really nervous because, you know, these six ladies or his, you know, wife's sisters, I've always, they've always bumped heads and they've always argued. You know, they've always had this family dispute over all these years. And now after everything going on, you know, they're like, nope, we're ready. And we, you know, like I said, you're gonna go red pill your your your, uh, your relatives here to, to come over. I think it's amazing. So you know, it is amazing. Now, Brandon, you're coming here in October. Are you having a big rally? What's the event here in Minnesota? Because I want as many people to find out and then share where else you're going and how we can support you. Well, I'm going to have to very quickly look at my own website so that I, because I don't <laughs> usually know half the time what I'm doing. So let me just look here. Um, it looks like we will be coming to, oh, nope, it's not on the website yet. All right. So um, I know that we are planning to come to Minneapolis to do one of our rallies. You say it's in October. That sounds right to me. Uh, I would tell people to keep checking back on walkawaycampaign.com because we're doing these rallies every week around the country. Uh, this Saturday, we're headed to Philadelphia. Uh, I believe the following Saturday, we're headed back to um, uh, California to go to uh, San Francisco. We're doing a Golden Gate Bridge bridge walk. And, um, and yes, I know that Minneapolis is definitely on our radar because that's, you know, the whole George Floyd incident, this is where this all began. And so we definitely want to go there and we want to show up for Minneapolis. So um, I'm not exactly sure what day that is, but most of the time we're planning these rallies on Saturdays. I would just highly encourage your audience to keep checking back on walkawaycampaign.com as we continue to update our rally schedule. Please donate to the organization. We're grassroots and we really need support to be able to make this difference. Uh, you can, people can also donate at walkawaycampaign.com. And if they want to volunteer, fill out a volunteer registration form there. Um, and also just join our, you know, join our social media. Join the Walkaway campaign on Facebook. That's where they're going to see 
thousands of testimonial videos and written testimonials, these incredible stories, and they can join their state groups too. People can join Walk Away Minnesota. Um, all of that can be found on our website, walkawaycampaign.com. I would love to volunteer, but mostly I would love to meet you in person. I absolutely love what you're doing. I did hear, um, I'm a big uh, no mask. I am a very belligerent, non-compliant. I have not put the mask on. I walk boldly into every establishment demanding the mask. You're actually, you got kicked off a plane for not wearing one, right? Yes. um, I was actually kicked off an American Airlines flight in uh, probably June for for not wearing a mask. I'm actually the first American to ever be thrown off an airplane for not wearing a mask. So hopefully that will not have- be my lifelong legacy, but it did happen. Oh, I I I just I was proud because I'm I'm doing the non comply and Brandon, have you I don't know if you've been to Minneapolis, but they're I'm literally like the only person I think in the state that's not complying. It's just crazy. Yeah, um it's, it's, it was kind of a, a stupid story, but I mean, essentially I just had a very, uh, you know, emphatic flight attendant um, who basically was insisting that I had to wear a mask or uh, I couldn't be on the plane. And that was the, the law. And when I got into her, into it with her a little bit about it actually is not a law. It's not a law at all. Um, things just sort of escalated quickly. And then they asked me to leave the airplane, which I did, you know, I, I just got right off as soon as they asked me to. Um, but unfortunately they decided to call me the next day and say I was banned from the airline. So I'm no longer allowed to fly on American airlines. Well, what you're doing for the, what you're doing for the greater good of the country. Um, by the way, Shelly Luther wanted me to tell you, hello. I talked to her earlier. She was on the show last week. And Brandon, it's it's people like you and other people that are standing up and waking up and then getting involved. You're a true hero and patriot, and thank you for everything that you're doing because it takes a lot of courage to stand up against the big system and be willing to fight and potentially maybe, you know, like me, lose family members. But you're doing it for the greater good, and God bless you for all you're doing to help save America. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. I don't know if you have to run because we got 15 more minutes. I don't know how much time you have. You've got so much to share with us, but um, I just, you know, I, I I don't know if enough people, and that's why I, I, I do what I do, because if we lose this election in November, it's not like past elections, right? Where, the Democrats and the Republicans just basically traded power. Nothing really catastrophic really ever happened. Obama brought us Trump, but we've got this administration that that has gone so far, far left. It is socialism, communism, taxation, uh, theft of your guns. I mean, a world of all the other countries that everybody flees to America to enjoy the freedoms that we have, but I am just so glad that there there are people like yourself and so many others that are out there fighting and waking people up because we have to win in November. Uh, absolutely. I think it's an incredibly crucial crossroads, and I think that if we don't see the victory that we're looking for in uh, November, then I, we're, I, I think that we'll – We'll, we'll probably never be able to fully right the ship again, or it'll take an enormous amount of work to be able to do so. Um, it's really important that everyone gets out and participates and, and you know, it's part of registering new voters, having conversations with people, you know, attending these rallies that we're doing. Make sure you're donating to people who are out there making a difference. Uh, donate to my organization. Donate to any other organizations that you feel like are making a positive impact. Um, you know, if you're not able to use your own voice and get out there and, and fight for these causes, then support people who can. Uh, but this is not the time to sit on your hands and be complacent, because if we if we don't have the results in November that we desperately want and need, then we may never be able to recover, uh, because this is this is really we're kind of at a final crossroads, I believe, in being able to save our country. And we have to get it right in November. We have to win. 
I believe that we will. And this is a fight versus good versus evil. And there are a lot of people that have been sitting back and asking for some time within on the left and asking, you know, where is their leader? And if this is the best that they can provide is Biden and Kamala, it'll be real interesting when Biden finally crawls out of the basement. Do you think he's ever going to debate Trump? Well, he better. Um, I mean, I think that the American people are owed that. So um, he he really had better. Uh, you know, I think that we have the right to know what our choices are, you know, and I think that we're, we're owed that. I think uh, just real quick, I want to let you know, your, your your PR person was just beeping in. So I don't know if he's trying to tell me to, to wrap up. Uh, he was just beeping in. So I don't know if I'm holding you over on your time or not. Yeah. Well, yes, I do. I do have another meeting I have to to attend. Yes. But that was probably him. Okay. Well, you know what, I I will wrap up here. Again, it is a huge honor, Brandon, it would be awesome if we could have you on the show again to keep promoting you, especially get the crowds as massive as possible here in Minneapolis so that we can turn Minneapolis, Minnesota, the whole state red. That would be fantastic. And we'll definitely when we when I'm, uh, we finally got that date pinned down for certain. That's uh, I'll definitely come back on so we can talk about it. Awesome! Thank you so much. It was a great having you on the show. Look forward to having you on again. Have a great night. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ah. Oh yeah, he's just a great speaker. It's unreal. He's his passion is amazing. Love it. Well, uh, I've got to get through this technology. This is just right. Um, I made sure I went on <laughs> Facebook and under his other social medias, and I made sure I was on there and that I, you know, at least liked and shared it. And hopefully, anybody listening will do the same right away. And I make sure, especially if you're getting into your area, like you said, that I go on there and do that. You know, if they're going to be in Minnesota in October, that's real close. It'll be literally. Let's see if we can rejoin Al and then, uh, well, if it weren't for a little hiccup through each show, I mean, why why else don't people tune in? Al, are you there? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying, if it weren't for technology issues, I mean, that's really why people are tuning into this show to see if I'm capable enough to like run the show, right? Like, can I answer uh, the phone? Can people call in? It'll be good <laughs> for the blooper reel. <laughs> well, I don't know where our next guest is. Is I don't know if she got the the date or time wrong. I know that uh, time zones are sometimes. Uh, tricky. I want to give the call-in number in case anybody is listening. So the call-in number is 516-666-9192. And I'm going to finish my story from the beginning before all hell broke loose. So I was explaining the fact that I tried to re-engage with some relatives of mine. Um, you know, I didn't really understand how radical the mindset was if you put on a pink a vagina hat and ran to Washington and then like I saw the pictures where they're like pulling up their skirts and they were like screaming from their body parts I mean you know just crazy stuff but I you know I I, I don't care that's that's the thing if if you are going to get that radical to not even talk to a family member because they disagree with you politically I mean that's some severe triggers on on their part, well, so I I don't speak to them, and I don't even get invited to their houses for any um, holidays. And then on the other side of the family, you guys, and by the way, we've got Al back with us, and then we've got Jason from Minneapolis joining us as well. So believe it or not, so because of this strong political activism that I have now, which 11 years ago I never was, but then you add to it, I have to be one of those rocks and cows, deplorable, blue-collar Trump fans. And, oh, here she is, just the tweets. Um, they actually think I need to have a mental evaluation. That's how unstable they think I am for being a uh, Trump supporter. So we are switching gears here. 
we have got the author of just the tweets. And before I bring you on, Tricia, um, Al, you and I were talking earlier in show and talking about the show. And yep. Tricia, I made this comment that when Trump was on the uh, debate stage with Hillary, and Hillary made mm-hmm. this comment. I'm going to play this really quick. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Yeah, because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> so Classic. when he made that comment, yeah, when he made that comment, I said to myself in my head, this is going to bring a lot of support to Donald J. Trump. Why? Because how many years have we walked around and said, when are we finally going to get the Clintons? When are they going to lock them up? We know it's never going to happen. Presidents go, don't get locked up. They just get silenced and, and sent away. But that's why his, treat, his tweets were so powerful, because he sent them with a punch. They were honest and sincere, and they're what all of us regular Americans have wanted to hear from our elected officials. Thank you for coming on the Bella D'Angelo show tonight, Tricia, and just thank you for what you've put out there with just the tweets, the books. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. And I have to say, I had the incredible honor of meeting Brandon, uh, not only at the original walk away, but then at a couple of Trump rallies as well. And he's fantastic. The work he's doing is just incredible. So it was it was great to listen to him. Oh, that's awesome. We're power in numbers, right? We all have our calling and how we're um, coming to our message that we're delivering and what we're doing to be able to save this country. So I got to ask you, what made you wake up one day and say, I want to capture these tweets and do something? Well, I had a lot of relatives who were not on Twitter during the last campaign, d- during the last election, and they would contact me, what is he tweeting? What is he tweeting? And so I started a uh, page, just a, a, a website, just simply called Twitter Town, and that's where I started posting uh, the president's tweets. He was then the candidate at that time. And uh, I, had, I started getting a lot of traffic to that site, and so it was clear to me that people wanted to read his tweets but didn't necessarily want to be part of Twitter. So I started – I kept doing that for a while, and then when he was elected, I thought, you know, these need to be captured and stored in a very historic way by someone who actually loves him and cares about uh, the country. <laughs> and I didn't want it to be left up to the media to, to portray his tweets, and so I decided I was going to – capture them and have them just the tweets. I didn't want any commentary, nothing like that, just his recorded tweets. And that's what we've done. Every tweet he's made since he was inaugurated uh, is in one of our volumes. And there's one volume each year of his presidency. Well, I have volume one and I'm loving looking through it. So then you became self-published, right? Yes, we, we were, were self-published, and we started um, traveling to Trump rallies to get the word out about our books. And the first rally we went to was in Charleston, West Virginia, and the Trump campaign came up to our table, bought our books. And I have been referred to as the tweet lady by the Trump campaign for the last um, three years, pretty much. <laughs> so we've, we've been to 33 rallies all across the country. At one of the rallies, we had the honor of uh, meeting Sean Hannity, and that, that kind of happened by accident. We were coming back from Chattanooga, I believe it was, and heading to Cape Girardeau, uh, Missouri. And we uh, got to the hotel, and of course I was hungry. Everything was closed, and we're sitting at – and I see this group of gentlemen who have pizzas. And I walk over and I said, you know, hey, where'd you get the pizza? Because I can't find anything open. And he said, oh, I've got an extra pizza here. Take it. And I said, oh, no, I can't, I can't take your pizza. Well, he insisted, and I was hungry, so I took the pizza. And um, <laughs> he came over a little bit later. Yeah, he came over a little bit later and introduced himself, and we started talking. And he asked what brought us here, and I told him about the book. Well, it turned out to be Sean Handy's producer. And he invited us to come sit near where Sean would be broadcasting uh, during the rally, and we had the opportunity to meet Sean and Linda, and um, we were invited on to his show. And I've been on his radio show you know, quite a few times. That is so amazing. I love it. Isn't I love that cool? it. You know, when you're <laughs> – 
It's very cool. I mean, you know, when you when you kind of find your calling and your purpose and things fall in place, I, you know, you and I were talking last night, and Chris, I had gotten my start in radio because I called in Sean Handy Handy's radio show back in 2009. My claim to fame back then was I blurted out "Get Trump for president" in '09, and it was simply because I wanted a businessman. I did not want another bought, paid for, establishment politician. It just wasn't working. The system was broke, and I wanted someone that could come in and change the course of our government and instead of allow all the entitlements, run it like a business. Boy, and he has done exactly that. He's done an incredible job, absolutely incredible. Absolutely, and that's what is absolutely sending the left now, I got to ask you, because when we were talking earlier, I was listening, and I'm, I keep getting more and more hopeful as, I'm, as, I'm, as we're headed towards November. Now, I have believed that Donald Trump will get reelected. However, here in Minneapolis, you know, being the blue state that we are, the one thing that I think has really started to awaken even more and I've said this, and I'd like to hear your viewpoint, and then Alan, Jason, if you want to jump in with anything. But so when COVID broke out and we were given two weeks to flatten the curve, we're now 155 days later or something like that. Um, in my travels, I'm an outside sales rep, and I'm in and out of grocery stores, gas stations, um, and I'm talking I'm talking to a whole lot of people every single day and I'm asking how fed up are you with the mask? Do you believe it's politicized? Do you think it'll end after November? And I can't find a Biden supporter anywhere. I can't find a Biden bumper sticker (laughs) sign. I can't find anything. And the thing is, is he is the absolute weakest candidate, you know, bite me hair sniffer living in the basement with a VP that only got 2% when she ran for the nomination. She didn't add anything to the ticket. They awkwardly speak towards each other like redheaded stepchildren. And I can't imagine what's going to happen with bumbling, fumbling, sniff me. Biden has to try and have an actual conversation with Trump. I, I don't see how they can let him. I really do not see how they can let him uh, go on stage with Trump. I, that would be a total disaster. I think something will happen that prevents that. I have yeah, to agree 100%. There's no way they're going to let him on stage with Trump. He'll he'll eat him like a piece of chicken in a crocodile farm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> Joe Biden is the non-candidate. He's the he's he's invisible. He's the non-candidate. Does he really exist? I mean, you know, he just he might as well not um, show up because he he's just non non-existent. Period. They've never they said they we've never run a campaign with a virtual candidate in a basement <laughs> reading from a pro- teleprompter. Who can barely get through a sentence without rambling off about your dog-faced pony lion soldier or some bizarre uh, conversation? Right. But there's two schools of thought. He either w- is is there because he's the weakest. They don't want to damage somebody that they think is going to win in 2024. I believe he's still there because the left, in their bizarre, deranged thinking, thought that they were going to impeach Donald Trump, which that would not automatically get Hillary in, so I'm not really sure, but not that they have any logical um, cognitive skills. I say that liberalism is a true mental disorder. I do think that at some point an autopsy may uh, be performed and they find this missing DNA in the brain that might fully explain why we can't have logical, cognitive, reasonable conversations. But then again, on the other hand, uh, I believe that the Democratic Party is completely imploding. I do not believe, unless the Democrat Party has some massive awakening and has somebody like a Donald Trump on the left come forward out of nowhere, that they're going to continue to dismantle and do themselves in 
And I don't see the Democrat Party, maybe it, it splinters, right? So you've got the, maybe there's a side of the Democrat Party that goes back to the Democrat Party of the JFK, and then you have the extreme radicals, the AOC and the squab that take off and form their own island. But then again, is that not the perfect storm? Didn't we always say that the hardest battle against the Democrat Party was that they didn't fracture. They stood behind each other no matter who. Well, they fractured now. Right. Well, I can tell you, after going to 33 rallies and walking up and down the rally lines, because that's how we promote our book, we talk to people, a lot of people, and those lines are filled with former Democrats. Yeah. I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. I, I love hearing all of this, especially from stupid Minnesota, where we're the spotlight practically every night for, you know, we had to, uh, Trump was here for a, he didn't call it a rally. It was 250 invited. I tried to get my media pass. I didn't get it. But um, we had our own governor and mayor that whined and sniveled on Twitter claiming that they were trying to convince Trump not to come to Minneapolis in the George Floyd Memorial, which Trump never even attempted to do it. And it just shows, again, the level of self-important arrogance that these, these idiots running our, our state. But um, it's, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to November. I can't wait. I hope, are you coming to Minneapolis for any event coming up? I'd love to meet you in person. I may or may not. I'm not sure just yet. I, I was I was there for the big Trump rally. Uh, gosh, I guess it's been almost a year ago now. Is that right? Yep. And that yep. was that was incredible. That was an incredible rally. Um, but I, I have moved back to Texas for the moment. We actually purchased a motorhome um, last year with the idea that we would be traveling the country attending Trump rallies. <laughs> so our life has been a little bit. You know, things have changed a little bit, and we're trying to adjust. Uh, but we would love to be back on the road uh, attending rallies. So, Trisha, are you still it. a delegate? Well, I'm sorry, say it again? Are you still a delegate? Uh, I was not a delegate for this, this election period because our convention was canceled, and I, I didn't participate in that process. I was a delegate in 2016 for Texas. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for your vote. And and thank you for all that you're doing and supporting and getting the the word out on Trump's tweets and spreading it. I absolutely love your story. It's an honor to have you on the show. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can get the books, and how we can support you. Absolutely. You can go to justthetweets.com, justthetweets.com. All of our books are made in the USA. And there's one volume for each year of his presidency, so currently there's three volumes, um, and we can't wait to put out the fourth and then uh, the next four. So we're looking forward to that, and that's at justthetweets.com. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, and I look forward to chatting with you offline, and hopefully you'll be a guest uh, upcoming again so we can support you and get the word out again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. God bless and have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We have made it through. We have made it through round two of Blog Talk Radio. And it reminds me, so this is a podcast platform. I used this platform for many, many years back in the day when I was sitting in my pickup truck with a laptop and a cell phone Every single night, I'm not in my pickup truck. I'm actually in studio in front of a computer, but I guess it still has its friendly, lovely little technical glitches, which I think, guys, we're going to have to do some testing off air to uh, smooth it out. But anyways, this was a great night and a great show, and it's just it brings a lot of optimism when you hear all of the, you know, the massive growth of the walkaway, the response that she's getting at these rallies of all these former Democrats, it's what I'm seeing here even in Minneapolis. I literally can't find a Trump supporter other than my own neighborhood. I got three Trump signs, like, in a row in my neighborhood, but that's got to be a glitch. I don't know what it is. I haven't. I can tell you out by me, I've only seen one I've seen one Biden sign in the wild. One. 
Yeah, and here up in the rocks and cows. Jason, how about you? Have you seen any Biden signs? No Biden signs, and Trump signs are hard. They they end up disappearing within the night or a day, and, and people have. So what happens is people put up their Trump flags, and they end up lasting quite a bit longer. But the signs, they just don't. And now it's funny. The police are even saying they want people to call and file a, a police report on their missing signs, which they say is 99% Trump signs. <laughs> they just disappear. Nobody takes them. File or a police report on Trump sign. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to go far. Well, anyways, right. this is a great show. this is a great show tonight. Um, next week we have the honor of having Jason Lewis, who is running against Tina Smith. He will be on the show. We also have Matthew Ryder. Matthew Ryder is diligently filing the suits to try and recall the tyrant Timmy. Walt, so we'll get an update as to where we're at with that, as well as other um, topics and great discussion as we fight, baby fight, to take back this country, to save America, to stop the far left radical socialism, communism. You know, I will say, though, we would be in a lot of danger, guys, if somehow they had found a moderate that decided to stay on moderate ground and to actually come up with some type of game plan to play off of the never Trumpers and just some other game plan. But again, this is a perfect storm because a lot of people ask me, like when Elian Omar got into office and when the squab rose up and when AOC couldn't be shut up, I said, let them expose themselves. And the thing is, is Pelosi is speaker by name. She's lost control. Biden is being run by this far, far left radical group. But it's allowing us, as we've talked about this hour, to expose what is truly happening to this Democrat Party. They are being hijacked. And we have to win in November because we need four more years of Donald J. Trump making America great, bringing exceptionalism, the American spirit, the American dream, and continuing to make America shine. Because prior to COVID, it was one of the strongest economies, and you got to love how fast the economy is already coming back. And like I said earlier, COVID will, I believe, mysteriously disappear right after the election. But any closing word, Jason, and then Al, and then we got to say good night. No, I mean, really, the best thing I always tell people is that we need to wake up the silent majority. We need to talk to our friends and family. We need to try and do it without anger and try and help dispel some of the the insanity you know, about being on our side and, and, and turning, you know, in my case, our case, Minnesota Red, you know, we need to raise our voices. And one way to do it is being kind to other people, always looking people in the eye, get out of your cell phone, you know, start opening doors for people, getting back to old stuff. And I think in a long way that'll, that'll help dispel some rumors. Because we stick out. They know what we, like patriots, and people walk around our side. We kind of look different than their side, if you know what I mean. It's just you can see it a lot of the times, and they know who we are. No matter what we think, they they know who we are. And anything we can do to maybe get a few of them over, and you know, a little act of kindness goes a long way. Amen, Alan. Thank and Jason. Thanks for joining tonight and jumping in. We'll talk offline. Al, thanks for joining tonight. Closing uh, statement, and then we're, I'm going to wrap out of here. Yep, I'm just uh, just a rock living in a cow world. All right. Go out and make a difference. Go out and be a Bella, a Jason, an Al, a Trisha, a Brandon. Talk to everybody. Talk like small town America. When you go to Subway, the grocery store, the gas station, get your oil changed. Engage. I simply ask, are you voting? Is it Biden or Trump? And just tell people you want to learn, you want to hear, because this is the biggest election in our lifetime. This has been a great show. Can't wait for next week. Good night. God bless. God bless America. And ciao for now.